Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, you are listening to episode number 213, and my guest today is Jessica Turner. Now, if you're a longtime Happy Hour listener, you remember Jessica because she was on ages ago, but she's back again today because she has just released a new book, which I like to think is like a handbook for busy working moms. It's called Stretch Too Thin. We talk all about it, but I want to tell you this. Don't tune out if you're like, I'm not a working mom. I want you to listen. There's something in this conversation for everybody. One of my favorite things we talked about was like our mental brain load. All of us women are going to relate to that conversation. I promise you that. We talk about home management. We talk about balancing all the balls that we might have in the air. It's super, super good, encouraging, helpful. It was so good to have her back on the show. Guys, for those of you that are listening to this live, this weekend is our Happy Hour Live event. We're so excited. It is the most fun thing that we do all year long. It's two nights. I have some amazing guests coming in, Amy and Shay and Annie and Crystal. And it's just a really, really fun night. If you're thinking to yourself, how do I know about these nights? I want to come to a happy hour live. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, jamieivy.com slash newsletter to subscribe. Also, if you're ever thinking about any of the events that we do, they're super easy to find. Go to jamieivy.com slash events. Now, if you forget about that, go to the show notes. I put it in there. Speaking of events, we have another event coming up at the end of October. It's called Books and Brews, and it is outside of Houston, Texas. So come join us for that event if you can. I would love to see you there. Aaron and I are there together talking about our books, talking about life, talking about anything else. October 22nd, Books and Brews in Missouri City, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with Jessica. Jessica, welcome to the happy hour. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me. The last time you were on here, well, you came on for a happy half hour. Uh-huh, that's right. Which that was, was in 2016. But the very first oh, time yeah. you ever uh-huh. came on was in February of 2015. Right, right when my first book came out, The Fringe Hours, mm-hmm. and right when my third baby came out of me. Like mm-hmm. how how long had that baby been out of you? <laughs> six weeks. I mean, it was two births and six weeks. I had him New Year's Eve, and then the book came out in February. So, and wild. people do say re- releasing the book is like birth and a baby. I, I mean, I in some ways it may be worse, right? Because you don't have the like wonderful smell of a baby, no, right? And the cuddles, and, and it actually takes longer to do a book than it does to make a baby, yes. right? And when you have a baby, everyone loves babies. What's not to love? Yeah, you know, what's not to love? But you write a book, and then you're worried, like, are they going to like it? Are they going to not like it? And inevitably, somebody doesn't like do it. Do you stress about that? Um, stress is probably too strong of a word, but I definitely read all the reviews. You do. mm -hmm, I get sad about the reviews that are one star and wish that I could talk to them and explain that thing. Or I hate when the review is one star because it arrived late or something like that. I'm like, what have you done? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I have had, had to learn with being having something creative, which you've been releasing stuff into the world for a long time before books. I mean, you've been blogging for a long, and that's creative outlet. Is that not everyone likes everything you do? Why I, they should? <laughs> <laughs> but that was hard for me. It is. I'm like, can't mm-hmm. you just like if you don't like it? I'm just like, just don't tell me. Right? Why do you have to go on Amazon? Uh, but you know what? I read one star reviews when I'm looking at things, so I think that it is important. But I just try to remember that there's a person there. I do feel you like people- leave one star reviews. I have left one-star okay. reviews, but I've left one-star reviews for, like, the pepper mill that didn't work. Okay, yeah. I don't know that I've ever left a one-star review for a book. I've just not left a review. Yeah, yeah. Because I know how that's personally painful. And that someone spent a lot of time on that. hmm You know, I forgot about this until just now. Do you remember that you hooked me up with the pre-release of a book? Uh, yes, this happened. Are you ready? I read The Kitchen House. Oh, yes, I do remember that. Yes, uh-huh. and I loved it. And mm-hmm. what was the follow-up? It was, um, oh my gosh, this is horrible. The sun, the quilt. It was a quilt, right? No. And she would put pieces together. 
Oh my gosh, Kathleen Grissom. Yes. I love you so much. Do you know Kathleen and I are Facebook so friends? So you know her as a person? I know her. I met her at Parnassus here in Nashville. And she came and then we did a Facebook Live. Glory over everything. Glory over everything. That's what it was. Um, and I said, will you do a Facebook Live with me? Because I'm obsessed with you. The Kitchen House is one of my most favorite historical fiction books. And she just didn't know what to do with me. But then she friended me on Facebook. And... Yeah. And you're like, now mm-hmm. we're in. Now we're in. So you she got the book early. Stuff. I somehow saw you did. And you're like, oh, well, here, talk. Yeah. And she sent it to me early and I loved it. I love her. I love her writing. I can't wait for her to write another book. Are those her only two books? Yes. But, you know, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I she loved it as well. super interesting. Like, she said that the characters come to her. Like, oh. Jeez. Yes, she mm-hmm. did. Actually, when I was in a book club, we read The Kitchen House. Somehow, my friend Megan was in charge of the book club. She got Kathleen to come and do not come to her house. She did a Facebook Live or something. Do you know that Kathleen says that that is one of the reasons why she thinks the book has been so successful? That is how she invested her time marketing her book, is That's, literally going to book clubs. And look here, you and I are talking mm-hmm. about her. Because yeah. she invested that. But anyhow, she said that when she talked to her that she said the characters kind of just came alive as she was writing. Mm-hmm. Could you write fiction? No. I could would be But the you worst. know, I own, almost read exclusively fiction. I hardly read any nonfiction. I, own, I read nonfiction more now than ever because of my job. Just because right. I try to at least read half of every book that someone's coming on. So, But then does that feel like work? Is that pleasurable it feels like work. for you? No, it's definitely right. work. Right. It's definitely work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I would have much rather been reading your book in a bathtub, but I read it on an airplane, you know, mm-hmm. and so it does feel like work. Yeah. Speaking of, great job. Oh, thanks. Stretch Too Thin yep. came out two weeks ago, and I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. Okay. It, it's, it's been so fun. Now, because the title is Stretch Too Thin, mm-hmm. and this is How Working Moms Can Lose the Guilt, Work Smarter, and Thrive. Before we get into the show, I, I want to get something clarified. Okay. What is the... You know the PC, politically correct. Mm-hmm. When people say like working mom, then they'll be like, all moms are working. Oh, okay. Don't so get me started. let's you can really we just go like there? no, I want to just like <laughs> so that no one has to say anything. Right. How okay. do you mm-hmm. give me some definitions? So yes, all moms are working moms. In the context <laughs> of this book, I am talking about moms who are bringing in some sort of income. Okay, that's a good so, way. Never, yeah. Uh-huh. Part-time, full-time, working from your home, working in corporate America, working as a waitress, working at Target, whatever. If you are managing home, family, and some sort of J-O-B, <laughs> then this book is for you. Now, that said, I've had a lot of stay-at-home moms read this book. I think you'd probably skip the work chapter because right. it does deal with colleagues and kind of work stuff. But I've had women say that they found it applicable for things that they do at church or volunteering or other sorts of things. But the research, everything that I bring to the table in terms of my story is coming at it from the vantage point of mothering and juggling a career. Perfect. See, we got it all out there. Yes. Because someone's going to ask mm-hmm. or someone's going to state. Or, th- or they're going to get a one-star review because— <laughs> Or they're going to leave not. you a one-star review because they're going to say, I'm a working mom. No one's talking about me. Um, okay, so speaking of research, I read this book, and you put a lot of research into this. Mm-hmm. This is not just, here are Jessica's ideas. Here's what works best for me. You researched, quote-unquote, normal, like just people who are doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Also, you research professionals who talk about this. Mm-hmm. Was this a hard book for you to write? It wasn't a hard book for me to write, but it was labor intensive for sure. I mean, it was work and I was writing while working a full-time 40-hour-a-week job. So I work in corporate America doing marketing and social media strategy. But putting it together was really exciting for me. Every time I'd find a new piece of research, um, I used a tool called Harrow, which stands for Help a Reporter Out. And you can put these queries out and hundreds of thousands of people get them. And so that is how I found a lot of the experts for the book. So Never that was, even heard of that. Really? it's You should subscribe to it as an author because okay. I watch it, you know, to see if there's opportunities for me to be interviewed. Um, and I used to work in PR before I went into corporate America. So I've been a subscriber for a long time. But it was so exciting to me every time I'd think, okay, I want to talk to somebody who's an expert in this. And I would put a harrow out and the people that would respond from all over the country. So I, I really that. thought that it helped me have a more diverse uh-huh. cross-section because I wasn't reaching out to my audience and saying, hey, is anyone a nurse? Anyone a therapist? I was literally sending a query out to America. If you yeah. Know. 
know. Yeah. I was about to ask you how you wrote a book and worked a 40-hour job, and then I remembered that you do it in the fringe hours. That's right. See? There you go. Mm -hmm. But really, in all seriousness, that's what your first book is about, and that's what we talked about the first time, is Mm -hmm. doing things that you love Mm -hmm. in the time, in the different hours. And you even address that in the book, because I read it today, because you you did something about— you were talking about making a Halloween costume, which yeah. Halloween is this month. Oh, Here we are, back again, full circle. Are. But you said, someone asked you, how do you have time to do that? And you said, well, I chose to do that over put the laundry away or mm-hmm. whatever that might be. Right. It's way more important for us to have amazing Halloween costumes than clean underwear. It just really is. I love that. So. <laughs> and you make them. I do make them. And we do family themes every year. And I'm not going to tell this year's yet, but if you go on Jessica and Turner on Instagram, you can see the behind the scenes Insta stories of putting them together. But I think this might be the best year yet. And but I you say haven't that announced year. what it is? Mm-mm. One clue at all. Come on, we need some exclusive on the happy hour. Um, it is the first time that I am, none of the costumes can be bought in the store. They're all going to be handmade. <sighs> Well, Mm -hmm. there's one that is going to be like Goodwill run. I can kind of piece some of it together. Uh But none of these are costumes you can get on Amazon. I have another set of friends, her and her family. They do Mm -hmm. family themed costumes. Mm -hmm. And then they have like a photo shoot. Like seriously, he's a photographer. And they're always amazing. I I don't want you to be upset with me. I don't even like Halloween. I, I, but uh, you got to think the costumes are amazing. To other people. Right. But you don't, what about, so do your kids do it? You yeah, know, my we, husband I never them, did Halloween his whole life. Like, so this has been a new experience for him okay. being married And to he me. just jumped into it. It was like, cool. Jumped might be an extreme <laughs> description of it. Um, but yeah, he's come around. But okay. I like love all the things around Halloween. My mom really loved Halloween. Uh-huh. Her birthday was in October. And so... I grew up in a house that was like fully decorated and handmade costumes and all the things. My big regret of motherhood is that I didn't start family themes sooner oh, because we've yeah. only d- been doing it for like four years. And my oldest is 10. And he's like, I want this to be my last year. I want to be a oh, zombie. Now he has an opinion. I wanna be, and I'm like, buddy, don't you get it? Like everyone <laughs> thinks your costume is cooler than being a stormtrooper uh-huh. or whatever. But he really, you know, next year's family theme might be without our oldest Without son. him. Yeah. He's like, I'm on my own. Yeah. Well, I always tell my kids, like, I'll give you each $20. And if your costume costs more than that, mm-hmm. it's on you. I'm such a lame mom, Jessica, with Halloween. I really am. Well, so I if admit you're it. only giving them $20, are you at least, like, letting them know, hey, Target costumes are 40% off today, so your $20 <laughs> would go a lot further? No, I don't care about not Halloween. I know. Dang. I know. I My kid, this will come up at counseling you one day, I promise. You tell them to text me. I will help them <laughs> yes, out. Yes, yes. Okay? Um, what are some of the themes y'all have done? So we did, our first family theme was Little Red Riding Hood. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was the grandma. Matthew was like the guy with the axe. And then Elias was the wolf. And Adeline was Red Riding Hood. Okay. And then we skipped a year because I was pregnant. And I was so, I'm so sick when I'm pregnant. Okay. So I couldn't. You can't even do anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even. And then we did Alice in Wonderland. Okay. And then we did Wizard of Oz. Uh Uh-huh. And then last year we did Super Mario Brothers Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't. I I'm gonna just. I cannot wait to see what this is. Oh my gosh! I'll tell you afterward. Okay, good. But we see, won't. I won't tell the world. You can't tell the world. But, but we'll go follow you. Everyone, go follow her on Instagram so you can see what it it's is. It's so much fun. It's so much fun every year. I, I want to be more like you in that way. But my kids, for, my oldest is 14. I, I lost my time. It's fine. I don't care. You have not lost your time yet. You can do it. Almost. But you know what? Now he wants to be like Walking Dead characters. Yeah. So I'm like, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you like. You watch that show, right? I do. I'm right. so sad about this season. Why? Because it's it's coming back on, right? It is coming back on, but the main character's dying. And it's Wait, like the guy? Rick. Mm-hmm. He's going to die this season. How and it's part know? of the ad campaign. It's oh, part of the ad okay. campaign. I was like, it's okay, like breaking news. The final four episodes, you know, like oh, it's part yeah. of their campaign. Like, oh, I don't I just don't know. He says it's their best season yet. So we'll see. Is it the last season or just his I last think there's season? one more season okay. after. But he's saying the season is really fantastic. My husband, Aaron, and my son, Caden, watch it. It's like their thing. Mm-hmm. I'm out. I don't care. But you're missing out there, too. Have you seen The Quiet Place? No. It's with the guy from The Office, John Krasinski. Okay, I think you would like it. Okay. He wrote it and directed it and played it. And his wife in the movie is his real wife, Emily Blunt. Blunt? Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk to you about something in your book that I am experiencing right now. What did you call it with your brain? Mental load. Mental load. And that's Mm -hmm. a real term. It's a real term. Did you find that on the 
the thing I that found he it wrote? through Harrow. Harrow. Uh-huh. So one of the women that I interviewed was who first introduced the term to me, and then I researched it and found out that there's been a lot about mental load in recent years. Okay, explain um, mental load to us. So mental load is the job that is the mostly invisible work of noticing and remembering. So it's, we need toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Kids need flu shots. I need to pay the electric bill. And predominantly in America, that work is women's work. Mm-hmm. And the women in the home are the ones who are carrying the majority of that mental load. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even things like, I, I gave you an example, is I'm here in Nashville. We live in Austin, so I'm away from my children. My husband is in Boston, so we're both gone right now. And I feel the mental load when I'm out of town Mm -hmm. because even though I told my mom who's with my kids everything that's happening, I'm still thinking, you know what? You should text Sonia to remind her that she's getting this kid. And, oh, I got to call my mom and tell her that story needs us at school tomorrow. You know, so I feel Mm -hmm. like my brain is constantly moving as well. Right. Is that taxing on us or what? Absolutely. And it— it is like another job. So you've got, in the context of my book, working moms who come home and have this other invisible job of noticing all the things. And then you add on home management and housework and that sort of thing that is, while shared, typically women do more um, right. within uh-huh. the home. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. So how do you deal with it? So it's really important that we speak up when we are carrying a lot of this and ask for help. I know this seems so trite and of course. But it's hard for a lot of people. It is hard. And I think women just feel that they should do it and they shouldn't ask for help or that it makes them a less than wife or mom to ask for help. When I think the majority of husbands are happy to help if they are asked. Right. They are not mind readers. Matthew says to me all the time, just tell me what to do, and I am glad to do it, but I do not know what to do. You know, like, I came home from being out of town for a few days, and I walked in the refrigerator, or I walked into the kitchen, opened the refrigerator, and all the leftovers from last week were not touched while I was gone. I mean, I'm sure they just lived on McDonald's. Right, for sure. Right? But he didn't think to throw any of them out or do any of that, right? right? But if I would have said, hey, the fridge is probably going to need to get cleaned out this weekend, he would have totally done it. I do that every weekend, but I just do it without thinking, right? you know? So the best way to alleviate your mental load is to ask for help. And then I think also using services can be hugely effective. So, for instance, Amazon Prime or Grove Collaborative or Target.com, anybody that will let you set up things to auto ship to your house so that you're not thinking about, oh, we're almost out of toilet paper. Oh, we're almost out of garbage bags. Oh, we need new hand soap, whatever. Those just come. That frees up that mental load because those are things then you're not having to think about. It totally about. does. I mm-hmm. use, I've never done auto ship for Target though. Oh, you can. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I do grow. I use Grove Collaborative and Amazon. I mean, Jessica, I have it set up to where every couple of months, just a big box of black beans comes. Good for you. Because you know we eat a lot of black beans at our house. Right. Rice, we get quinoa coming in, toilet paper, uh-huh. Clorox wipes. Like, they all just show up. Absolutely. For some reason, we have not set up an auto ship for garbage bags. And I'm not kidding you. Every other month, we run out of them. Like, Matthew called me while I'm on my trip at a speaking engagement. He's like, do we have garbage bags? I'm like, why are you asking me this right now? Mental load, uh-huh. right? Yeah. He knows that I'll know if there's any under the sink. Right. But I'm like, I have got to remember to get that set up. So we'll just run to Walgreens or Target and get some. And pay like $17 for right. three bags. And yeah. then again, we run out because I haven't done that uh-huh. setup. So tonight, that's going on. Auto ship. Prime auto ship. Right. We've <laughs> even done dog food and cat food. I mean, all the things. Juice boxes. Just like, we yes. have juice boxes, goldfish crackers, all that kind of stuff for lunches. Although I got a little aggressive with my juice boxes and we have like three months worth right now. So <laughs> That's what happened yeah. to me and black beans. Yeah, we yeah. have a lot of black beans at our house. <laughs> if you come over, you can have those. Okay, so those are really... <laughs> Really, really great things to help too as well. Um, just to alleviate some of that stress, you don't have to think about it. And you know what? It's been amazing how many women have said to me, thank you for giving a name to what I have felt for so long. In the brain, the mental load. So the yeah. mental load. Yeah. I think that it's just sometimes freeing to say, oh, this is what I'm experiencing. And I think there's a lot of those kind of simple ahas throughout I, Stretch Sheet. For sure. Yep, yep. Um, I, thought it, I thought it was super practical. 
Thanks. Which is, were you going for that? I was going for that. You know, I feel like it's a great handbook for the busy working mom who feels like she's stretched too thin. She doesn't really have time to read a book. It's fast. You could honestly just pick it up and look at just the home chapter if you feel like you're struggling there or just the self-care chapter. You could do it on audiobook. You know, it's supposed to be this like practical girlfriend's guide totally. to living the working mom totally. experience. In what you wrote, what is the hardest for you to do? Oh, I'm terrible at managing my home. That's why there's a lot of experts in that chapter. Okay. So I'm great at like the auto ship kind of stuff, but my house is never clean. It's never. Like you're just going to say this is where this is. Now, are you like, this is my, this is just, it is what it is. Or do you struggle with guilt like other moms Mm, might? I don't think I struggle with guilt. I think I struggle a little more with shame about it. Oh, Like I'm a little embarrassed about it because I feel like I should have it Uh more together than I do. But I just don't have capacity. I have a full-time job. Well, do me tell you what you and said. I'm Right. Go ahead and give me my advice. You right? said I would rather spend time with my kids. That is the, So that's where I was going, right? Like, okay. So when I get too far in my head, I'm like, you know what? But at the end of the day, my kids are not going to remember that the dining room table was a mess or that there was dust on the mantle. They're going to remember that we sat and enjoyed family movie night together. And so I figure if I'm going to pick my battles, the one that I'm going to— fight for every time is going to be the people in my life, not the junk in my house. Totally. But my house really needs to be cleaned right now. But I love how you're mess. even like, you wrote the book for us, Working Moms, and you're even going, here's the place where I still have to like tell my, repeat to myself mm-hmm. that my kids are going to remember the family time more than right. the dining room table. Like that's comforting to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so Jessica's supposed to repeat this to herself. Totally. And I was going to tell you that about the book too. Not only was it super practical, it also made me go, Oh, so this is what I feel is real. Right. You're not alone. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. We all feel this way. Yeah. And one of my favorite analogies, I don't know if you got to this part in the book or not, is the rubber ball analogy. Did Mm-mm. you get no, that? No, tell me. Okay. So somebody actually said this in the survey, one of the women who filled it out. She said, you know, I juggle a lot of balls, but when I think about that juggling, I actually think about those balls differently, that I'm juggling rubber balls and glass balls. And what she means by that is when you drop a rubber ball, it will bounce back and it remains exactly the same. If you drop a glass ball, what happens? It either cracks or it shatters. And I think that there's a lot of things in our life that we treat like they're glass balls, but they're actually rubber balls. And then the things that are glass balls— We treat like rubber balls. For instance, ourselves. Mm -hmm. We treat ourselves like we're rubber balls, and it's fine if we skip doctor's appointments and we don't take care of our bodies and we don't get enough sleep and we don't do things that we love. Like, I'll bounce back. Well, listen, every time you do that, you're cracking. Crack, crack, crack. Until eventually, it's so Well, the example you gave in your your book of your friend who neglected the appointments— Yeah. I mean, that was a kind of a big example. Exactly. And she ended up being super sick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had that in my own life. I've been real honest on social media. I had five surgeries in seven months um, from the fall to early summer this past year. And it was really hard. And some of that was because I pushed things off. Mm -hmm. And um, one, I had to have a hysterectomy. And I had been hemorrhaging for like a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. And I just thought, oh, well. My period really sucks for a couple of days. It's going to be fine. I don't have time to, you know, be put under and be out of work for six weeks and all the recovery and all the things. And then I was like, you know what? I am not going to do this to myself. I am not going to wait. And my surgeon even said, well, you know, we could just go in and see and maybe you just get the ovary out and then you'll be back probably in six to eight months. And I'm like, nope, if I don't do it all right now, I'm not coming I back. won't yeah. be back. And, and so um, I, I think there's a lot of women out there who have that thing mm-hmm. that they just are keep pushing off that pain or they think, oh, it'll get better. Or I'll get to that eventually. And that we're, we don't treat ourselves like glass and mm-hmm. we should, or we treat our work like glass. And frankly, our work is a rubber ball. That's good, yeah. You can always get another job. Uh-huh. You um, don't have to rely on that phone. Yeah. You know, like if you don't post that Instagram for your work or whatever, it will be fine, yeah. you know? So that's been really helpful for me to remember. My house is a rubber ball. And at the end of the day, I care most about who's going to be with me when I die. I love that's that. the glass balls. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you mentioned self-care, um, I don't struggle that much with self-care. Me <laughs> like, either. I'm like, I'm going to take care of myself. But I think we're women who are working moms. The struggle comes because they feel like they're choosing me versus the kids. Right. They think it's selfish. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They think, well, then I must be a selfish person if I'm going to go take care of myself and not spend this other hour with my kids. 
But in fact, what you're doing is you're modeling healthy behavior that it is appropriate and good to listen to your body and take care of yourself and do the things that make you uniquely you and live out the passions that you have. Those are all really good things. Going out with your friends is not being selfish. It's that we're relational beings and we're supposed to be in community. So you don't want your kids to grow up in a home where they never saw their parents be with friends because they were so invested in their kids, right? Like. It's terrible. It is. It becomes a child-centered home, and I have all kinds of ideas about that. Guys, I know you're loving my conversation today, but I want to take a minute to thank some of our sponsors. First, I want to thank Build-A-Bear. You know, a birthday is a big deal to a kid, and it's a big deal to everyone at Build-A-Bear Workshop, too. At Build-A-Bear, there are special birthday offers and one-of-a-kind experiences so you can make memories that last a lifetime. Their interactive Count Your Candles offer is a fun way to make a special birthday memory while also saving on a classic Build-A-Bear furry friend. During the kids' birthday month, they get to come in, count their own candles before making their birthday treat bear. The birthday treat bear is a teddy bear made just for birthdays that only costs as much as the age you're celebrating. If your child is turning six, the birthday treat bear only costs $6. When a child celebrates their birthday at Build-A-Bear Workshop, they get the full Build-A-Bear experience, plus a special birthday heart ceremony, birthday party hat, and happy birthday song, plus so much more. Visit buildabear.com for more details on the Count Your Candles offer and all the fun ways to celebrate birthdays at Build-A-Bear Workshop. This offer is valid in stores for bonus club members. Create an account in stores or online to join the bonus club for free. Guys, I also want to thank Third Love, Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements to design its bras with breast size and shape in mind so that they fit impeccably and feel even better. And now, since adding 24 new sizes, Third Love offers the most options of any brand. You guys, they have a total of 70 sizes. Here's what you need to do to figure out which size you are out of the 70 sizes is super easy. You're going to take Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. You can find it in 60 seconds online. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute. No awkward fitting room experiences. This is hands down the most comfortable bra that you're going to own. They're going to send you your bra. You're going to try it on at home. And here's this. Because Third Love guarantees a perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. You know what, guys? Here's one of my favorite things about them. Their labels are even tagless, so they're not itchy anymore. From premium ultra soft smoothing fabrics to expert design features like straps that don't slip, the details make the difference. Most of my bras now come from Third Love, and I love every single one that I have. The straps really don't slip. The fabric is super soft, and it was super easy for me to find my fit. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering all of my listeners 15% off your first order. It is worth trying out, you guys. Go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. Jessica, how can moms who are currently not bringing in an income and they are stay-at-home moms, they are the caregivers for the kids, how can they love working moms well and vice versa? I think just don't think of working mom, stay-at-home mom as separate camps. That we're all moms who love our kids. We're just spending our time differently. It makes me so sad how divisive it is. And I feel like it's even more divisive in the Christian space about that you're a better mom if you stay at home when, in fact, we're all great moms. And we may be spending our time differently and believe that our callings look differently, but we are all raising kids that are going to be kind and loving and hopefully do great things in the world. And so I think just treat one another the same. And don't forget about the other one. I know for me as a working mom who works outside the home, I often feel lonely and forgotten because I have a lot of friends where I live who are stay-at-home moms or they're work-at-home moms. And so they have a type of flexibility that I don't have. And that has been painful um, for me. And so I think just don't forget about the other one. Same is true for if you're a working mom, don't forget to reach out to that stay-at-home mom who is in the thick of being with kids 24-7 and say, hey, do you want to go out? 
That's so good. I, I loved when you talked about that in the book about how you kind of had to talk to one of your friends and say, mm-hmm. hey, still invite me. And then I can choose if I can make it work or not, because then you would still feel included. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. okay? Um, your husband, Matthew, is also an author. Yeah. Now, I did not know what you told me. I think I kind of knew this, but I did not know what had transpired mm-hmm. from this is that his first book that he pitched to publishers. His first children's book. His first children's book mm-hmm. was turned down. Mm-hmm. How many times? I think a dozen times. 10, 12 times, something like that. So ex- people who have never written a book, you're pitching this out. And so Matthew had published like 20 adult books. And so this is and his had worked first. with every okay. Christian publisher in the nation just about. Like Which every makes it even more run. surprising to me. Right. And maybe to you guys as well. It, so Matthew had wrote a book called God Made Light. And... It was amazing, and some of you now probably own a copy of it and wanted to shop it. But it is hard to sell a children's book. They're very expensive to produce. You have to pay an illustrator. It's full color. And um, Matthew can be known as having kind of a more progressive, controversial voice and had publishers say things like, um, well— you're you're just too controversial. People won't buy a children's book from you. And there was no like controversy in these children's books. It's about God books, making right? light. It's like about God making light, yeah. right? And about our children having light in them. And then they would say, well, you know, your wife is a mommy blogger. What if you put your wife's name on it? I mean, just, it was awful. It was really awful. It was a really hard time. Um because we knew it was great. Yeah. And um, it was also just really hurtful that because he had taken a stance in something that people saw that as, you know, being a, a bad thing. Yeah. Um, of him being an advocate for something he believed in. Um, so anyway, he just hung on to it. Just got a whole lot of no's and hung on to it. Well, then I signed my book deal for The Fringe Hours and stretched too thin, which we didn't know what okay, that wait, was going to be out, at the wait. time. When you, when you say he hung on to it. He just has it written. He just has it written. It's like holding on to a dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Holding on to a dream. And I said, baby, we're going to get that published someday. And he's like, okay, well, everyone said no. So I don't know how we're getting it published. So I got that book deal and I said, great. So um, I want a new bedroom set and we're self-publishing your book. And that's what we did with the money. And we self-published it. You know, we had friends who did Kickstarters and other ways of funding things. Or, you know, you can do Amazon printing where they print on demand. And we're like, no, we're going with a traditional printer. We're going with a designer. Like, we're getting this done ourselves. And we printed 5,000 copies and it sold out in just a few months. And you... Selling through Amazon. I don't we know how that works. Through Amazon. Okay. We like set up an Amazon shop. We didn't either know how that worked, but we sold it through Amazon and you pay Amazon a percentage of every sale. And we had incredible friends who supported it and who shared it on their social media. And it just did phenomenal. And then, of course, publishers wanted to publish it. Right. Did they because, come? Did they come knocking? Um. Yeah. Pretty much. They came knocking, and um, one publisher in in particular, somebody that Matthew really loved, had I think maybe—I don't know if I should be telling the story. I might be getting it a little wrong, but I think they had gone somewhere else. They had been at one publisher when they got the first pitch. They were now at a different publisher, and they had seen the success, and they have really fought for it. And so um, Waterbrook signed him for a two-book deal, and they wanted— when God Made Light to come out second because they were going to re-release it with a new illustrator. Okay. And so he had another book that he wrote, When God Made You. And so that one came out first, and that came out um, a couple years ago. And I guess it was been maybe 20 months since it came yeah. out. And then When God Made Light released second. Okay, wait, time out. Do okay. people—there's like these original copies that people have that don't even look the same anymore? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. That don't That's even look cool. even close okay. to the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's like maybe 50 in my garage. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, because they had to—we had to take it off Amazon. Yeah, when pull that it down because they were going to uh-huh. redo it. Yeah. yeah. And if you look on Amazon and search Matthew Paul Turner, you can actually see that first one. Okay. Because um, you can't ever remove— the internet. It can never go away. We can't delete it. So anyway, um, those books came out. And so when God Made You was the first one, and Jamie, just a year later after it came out, we found out that it has sold 100,000 copies. I I could cry right here telling you the story because it was so hard to hear those no's and to hear why they were saying no. And um, 
to have something that you know is great and that you know there's nothing else like it. Um, every book reads like a prayer over your kids and over you, honestly. It ministers to me every time I read it. And to see it not only do okay, I mean, 95% of books don't sell more than 5,000 copies. So for it to sell 100,000 copies, it's been in Target for more than a year. It has just been one of the proudest things of our lives. And uh, I think it just is a great story that if you really believe in something, to fight for it, and that there might be an unconventional way to get there, and it might look different. I mean, we thought When God Made Light was the best book. And it's an incredible book, but it was actually then the next book right. that he wrote that ended up being this incredible success. And now he's contracted for, I think, three more children's books. And um, it's been it's been so incredible. It's been so, so incredible and just really fun to see him succeed in that way with how long he's been writing and and that it's impacting kids. It's especially, I think, special because he wrote it when our baby was born. And um, so many families now are loving these stories. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what I love about it is on the cover is a brown girl. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not something we expected or asked for or, you know, the illustrator David Catro has illustrated, I think, something like 70 children's books. He's very well respected. Um, and when we got it, we were like, oh, this is so, so great. And it's been incredible hearing from families saying thank you yeah. for a lead character that looks like my child. Yep. I remember when it came in the mail, that was my first thought was like, oh, because children's books, there's just not a lot of— people with different color skin than me and my husband that yeah. we get coming in our mailboxes from people that are making books that— Or know, even that when you go in the bookstore. Totally. There is just a massive lack of diversity in children's literature today. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, Jamie. It has shocked me how many people have come up to me, white people, mm -hmm. come up to me and say, oh, I bought that for my friend who's adopting a child. Mm -hmm. And I'm like— why aren't you buying it for your own bookshelf? Right. It blows my mind. So it's been interesting on so many levels. And I think being able to have conversations around why it's important for our kids' bookshelves to reflect the world. The world, yeah. And to have characters that don't look like you uh -huh. and that do look like you. Yeah. Every child should be able to walk into a bookstore and see themselves. Totally. And when God Made Light and When God Made You is helping more kids to do that, which That's, is neat. I loved it. I loved it so much when it came in the mail. So yeah. thank you both for carrying that message. Yeah, well, okay. thanks for letting me tell that story. Yeah, so you mentioned his book's been in Target, and your book was in Target. It is in Target. It is, right now. Right now, you can get stretched too thin. The Fringe Hours was when it first came out, but right now you can get stretched too thin, and there's a video of me on the big screens, which basically I cry every time I go to Target. And I mean, it's unbelievable to me. Okay, I can't even imagine walking to Target and seeing yourself on a video. And hearing your voice, like you're in the toy department and there you hear yourself. It's so weird and so amazing. Okay, the sweetest video Lindsay and I were watching before you came in, it must have been on your Instagram um, when you take your family to right. see it. So that so on launch day for the book, we let our kids go to school late. Of course, because yeah. Because we had to see it on the screen. And I emailed the Targets for Mandra. We had filmed it at a local Target. And so I had his contact info and I said, can you just make sure that the video is playing? <laughs> yeah, that would be a lame. And that you have yeah. the book, right? Yeah. And he said, well, I do have the book. I actually have it in my office to make sure that it goes out on release day. And um, the video, if they said it's going to be running, it will be. It just auto changes. Yeah. So we we had a friend come with us and take video of it, and it was so, so fun because my kids are in it and Matthew's in it. The video is signs that you're a stretch tooth and mom yeah. shopping at Target, uh -huh. which, which we is all, great. We're, I was like, mm -hmm. yes, and every yes, single one. And yes, yep. uh huh. Yeah. So the sweetest part was your daughter when she gave you a hug and was oh, like, I'm so proud of you, mommy. I know. And you know, like, how cool is that for our kids to see our work and be able to celebrate yep. that work mm -hmm. and see the value in it? You know, it's just, it's, been really special. Love it. Love it. Um, okay, so what are you loving these days? So I'm a big pumpkin person, but do you know, I don't drink coffee or tea. So like- You don't drink either one of those? Mm -mm. So you get up in the morning. I drink water. You drink soda? I drink LaCroix. That's not soda. That's like fizzy water. Uh-huh. 
Good for you. Yeah, I'm so boring. Wait, I also you, don't like make alcohol. a change. So and you don't like drink alcohol really either? boring. I know. And I went to like one of the top drinking schools in the country and I just did not Where'd acquire you go? a taste for it. University of Wisconsin, Madison. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying that you need to be I know, know but I'm boring. Like- I'm a boring <laughs> drink person. So anyway, I'm not excited about pumpkin spice lattes, but we make pumpkin chocolate chip banana bread in our house nearly every single week in fall. It is a recipe that I adapted from what I found online, and it makes two loaves, which is great because then you never run out. And my kids, I just made it for the first time for the fall, and my kids said that they liked it better than Joanna Gaines' banana bread, which is what what we were making in the summer. And I was like, well, that's really saying something. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm really digging okay. making that. I really like the process of making that bread. For some reason, to me, the smell of it on a weekend just makes me feel like I'm a good mom or something that <laughs> yeah. I'm making uh-huh. this like, of banana course. bread. So pumpkin, chocolate chip, banana bread. Big fave. Draper James. Do you know Draper James? Well, because I follow Miss Witherspoon, I know what that is. Okay, And it's so here in Nashville. It's here in Nashville. So it's Reese Witherspoon's like clothing and accessory company. And I had a breast reduction almost two years ago. And when I said, when I have a breast reduction, I am going to get a Draper James dress because I previously could not even think about wearing one. And... I now have like 10 of them. They are my most favorite dresses. I love everything that she does. They're just Southern and classy and very well made. And I feel like a million bucks every time I'm wearing one. So Draper James, big fan. I Subscribe to the emails though, because it's very pricey. Yeah. But she does these lucky sales a couple times a year. Okay. And you can get a dress for like 40, 50 bucks. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So I saw that. Did you go to her whiskey and a teacup event? I did. Was it good? It was It was very fun. I went with Ann Bogle uh-huh. and she had tickets. I don't know if this was just the Louisville event. It was not very long. Okay. It was only like 50 minutes. And you drove up there. I drove up there because I had a speaking engagement. Okay. So I didn't drive up there for that. And then Anne ended up having an extra ticket and invited me. But she canceled the next night because she was sick. She was supposed to be in D.C. Oh, so maybe she she didn't feel good. So I was wondering if maybe she didn't feel good. So I I don't know, like, I don't want to say like, man, she really should have been longer because I feel like maybe that was an anomaly because she wasn't feeling well or something. Um, But she's just delightful. And I got to go to the Wrinkle in Time premiere in February. And so I met her then as well. And She's just the real deal. Exactly what you see on television in her interviews. So, yeah, Draper James. I'm a fan. Okay, Pumpkin, Draper James. What else are you loving? I'm really excited about Fall TV. We talked briefly about Walking Dead. Um, I'm really excited about Outlander. Okay. I'm really excited about um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Do you watch that show? No. What is wrong with I you? Okay, I listen. want you to go home and watch it right now. It's on Amazon. It's only one season. The season two, though, is coming this fall. They haven't set a date. I don't watch a lot of TV. No, but you will love it because she is a comedian. So it's loosely based on Joan Rivers' okay. life. Uh-huh. Okay. And she is, it takes place in the 50s, Jewish housewife, and she ends up getting divorced and becoming a comedian. And it's hysterical. Is that how Joan's life went? I don't know. I've Roughly, heard it's maybe. loosely okay. Okay. based on her life. Um, but it is so good. There's a bit of language, so if that's something that people feel sensitive about. But it just won a bajillion Emmys. Okay. It's fantastic. You will love the writing. Matthew was sort of like you. He's like, I don't need another show. Yeah. I don't have time. I'm not going to watch it. And then he finally did, and he said, I'm so sorry that I didn't listen to you, and it took so long. Trust me. Didn't you love hearing that, though? I know. Right? I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Listen to mm-hmm. me. Listen to me. Yeah. So I'm excited about fall TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you watch football? Um, not really. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I'm a big Packer fan. Yeah. So if a Packer game is on, we'll put it on my son, who's 10. He's really into sports, much more so than me or Matthew. And so he'll sometimes want us to have football yeah. on. But um, for his 10th birthday, I took him to Wisconsin, and we did the Lambeau Field uh-huh. Hall of Fame, the whole bit. And then I took him to his first University of Wisconsin Badger game. So it was an he epic like sold, weekend. He loves it. Yeah, he loved it. And he loved Lambeau even more than the Badger game, which I couldn't okay. believe. I was like crying being back to campus yeah. and doing that whole experience. It's such a neat place to visit. Um, so yeah, uh, we're looking forward to fall football, but mostly because it makes Elias excited, not because we necessarily okay. care about anything. I'm a big football person, so I was just curious. I have a lot of strong opinions about children playing football. Okay. And so I don't necessarily like how old will he be able to play? Never. Never. You're never going to let him play. Mm Never. Does he know this? Yes. He he has known it since he could speak, probably. Like it it will never be an option. Okay. Um, I work at a children's hospital. Yeah. And so, you know, the data around concussions, not that you can't get concussions in other sports, but as it relates to football, is just so intense that I just. 
So I don't necessarily want to like be pushing watching it. Right. So we'll occasionally do it, but it's not like okay. we're this big football family going to mm. all the games, doing all the things. Um, because it just that would be my family. Makes me anxious. Ugh. That's okay. I'm sorry. It's a lot of fa- it's my family. Yeah. It's my extended family. Yeah. You know, like it's I just, just, you get to make that decision. Totally. Yep. I love it. You're a good mom. I'm a good mom. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> We're all good moms. Yes. Uh, okay, what are you reading? What am I reading? So this is fun. My work has a book club that I started, which I love. It has brought so much community to our team. It's a ladies only, so the men are not invited. Uh-huh. We do a book every other month. Oh, that's so good. So it's Because easy. it's low pressure. Totally. Uh-huh. And, you know, people don't participate every time. So really, everyone's only probably reading three or four of the six a year. And so we just picked a place for us, okay. which I don't know much about, except that readers who I respect all say it's the best book they've read this year. Okay. So, done. Fine. I'll take it. has it, yeah. a beautiful cover. I'm very excited to okay. dive in. Yep. And I kind of like sometimes going into a book not knowing anything Blind, about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it, and I brought it to book club along with some other choices, and everyone else read the jacket and picked it. So, okay, fine. Good. Um, and then I have also really been enjoying Michael and Smith's new book, mm-hmm. Cozy Minimalist Home. She inspires me like nobody else when it comes to home and makes me feel not guilty and that I can do things different and better. And I just love her. And I'm so excited about her book. Um, it doesn't release for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, but I got an early copy of it and I'm excited about She's that. She's coming on the happy hour soon. Yes. I know. Oh, I love listening to her talk about home. And she has a great voice and a great laugh. Oh, good. I'll make yes. her laugh. i make her laugh. Okay. She has a great laugh. Okay. Um, and then I just started on the plane coming back. I had to actually buy a book because I finished my book, which is like the worst thing when you don't have a book with you. Oh, yes. Right? But then I was at the airport and I was in the airport bookstore and saw Stretch Too Thin in the bookstore. Did you know it was going to be in there? I did know that. Okay. It was, well, I knew it was going to be in airports. I didn't know it was going to be at the airport I was at. So I was very that's excited. That's fun. I signed them. I don't know if that's illegal to do. I just like went ahead just and did it. it. So I just do it. I'm like, yeah, don't yeah. ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I bought The Wildling Sisters. Have you heard of no. this book? Uh-uh. Um, it is a book that takes place in the 50s and in present day. What are the, what's the cover look like? Because I feel like... It has a, like an old house on it and a girl running. Okay, no. Um, if you go on Book Snobbery, which is my book Instagram, there's a I follow it. Yes. Uh-huh. So I always share what I'm reading on there. So anyway, that it takes place in two different periods, and I love books like that where there's that back and forth yes. and then it's going to all come together. So I'm about 100 pages in. Really easy. And you like it. I'm really liking it. Yeah. I need some fiction in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I just read Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, did you like it? Actually, let me rephrase that. I read half of it and then Aaron's like, you want to go see the movie? And normally I would have said, no, I want to mm-hmm. finish the book. Mm-hmm. The movie was a lot better to me than the book. Everybody has said that. Really? I okay, feel like good. That makes me feel better. I've heard that. Like I literally, when he said, you want to go see the movie, I didn't care if I finished the book. Mm-hmm. The movie was really good. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And I think they took some stuff out from the book, and I think it's way more family-friendly. The book wasn't not family-friendly. I just feel like I felt more mm-hmm. safe that you could bring, mm-hmm. like, your teenager or whatever. Right. If anyone's listening. Do you subscribe to Book of the Month? So I get the emails all the time, and I used to get them, and then I just wasn't reading them, and so I okay. canceled. Are you reading Book of the Month? Do you read the books? You get them, and you read them? I don't read all of them necessarily, but I love it because— they end up picking all the best books of the year. It's amazing. When you look at the end of the year at all the best books, Book of the Month has consistently sent me books that were in that yeah. list. So I love that. They, just for October, one of the book was Kate Morton's new book. Mm-hmm. Do you read anything by her? No, I haven't, but She's I know who she so is. so good. The Lake House, Secret Keeper. Well, The Clockmaker's Daughter is just released in October, and that was in there. So I was so excited So about it's like that. a brand new release? Brand new release, hardback. Okay, that's great. And because it's just 15 bucks a month, it's cheaper, it's than, cheaper than you would get it. Than you would get it yeah. at a bookstore or anywhere else. So I love it. And they come to me, and so then that forces me to be reading new stuff. And you so, didn't have to leave your house. See? And you didn't have to leave your this house. This is how we're making life authors. easy. Yes. I, I love supporting writers. Okay, so. now you're going to make me want to go renew my book of the month. I get the emails all the time. I'm sure that, which I did like it that when I first signed up, you couldn't back out. Mm-hmm. Now you can opt in as you want to. Yes, you absolutely, if you don't like the books that month or you want to skip, you can skip. But yeah. you get charged every month and you end up having a credit. Yeah. The best book I read this summer was The Nightingale. Oh, Kristen Hanna. Yes. Fantastic book. Have, have you read her newest? New, yes. I've heard it alone. <gasps> I've heard it's even better. So good. I think it's better. That's what I've heard. It's fantastic. It's a hard story. Uh-huh. Um, 
I tend to like hard stuff, though. Yeah. It's weird, I guess, because it's so separate from my life. Real I'm life, able yeah. To separate it. Ma- be okay with it. Um, but yeah, The Great Alone, it's fantastic. Okay. But if you like The Nightingale, you need to read Lilac Girls. Okay. So good. I'll tell you, I, I trust you. What is your Instagram where you talk about books? Book snobbery. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what do you do there? You talk about your books? I literally just take pictures of the books that I'm reading. I love the it. Books I get in the mail. I follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love people telling me what are, what's good. I don't have time to go figure it out. Yeah. So thank you for that. And I really am a book snob. Like if a book doesn't have an average of four and a half stars, I'm probably not You're not going to do it. it. And I have so many unread books at home. And I'm like, what is my problem? Why can't I pick what to read next? I know I have vetted all of these. Uh-huh. Like these are all good choices. There's not a bad one on the shelf. Will you give up on a book? I will. Oh, yeah. There's okay. no time to read bad books. Okay. If I don't like a book within 100 <laughs> pages, then I'm done. You're done. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a hard time doing that. Oh, why? Well, I just feel like I've already given you some of my life. I should just see it through. And give more time for I know. Life? It doesn't make sense, you guys. It doesn't. Listen, I, I clearly know I'm wasting good hours of my life. Good hours. There are too many good books out there. But I did not finish Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. So and there, you But go. you know what? I'll tell you this. I didn't finish it, but there are more books. In the series, right? I'll go get them. Okay. Because I'm in now. You're in. I saw the movie. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Um, Jessica, thank you so much. Your new book, Stretch Too Thin, is great. And I love that you said it. that you did write this with working moms in mind, but there are plenty of practical things in here for any woman. Absolutely. And I love at the end of every chapter, there's questions that you can fill in and really apply it to your own life. I didn't expect women to love that as much as they do. It's been really fun hearing from other women. And the audiobook, you can go on stretchtoothinbook.com and download all those questions so you can still have that experience. Did you read the book? Yes, I did. When you said, did you read the book? I'm like, I wrote the book. What do you mean? Did (laughs) Did I read the book? Did you read the audio? Yes, I read the audio book, which was really fun. And something I didn't get to do with the Fringe Hours because I was eight months pregnant. And I was like, (gasps) you're like, I can't breathe. I'm like, there's no way. This will not (laughs) be a pleasant experience. Yep. So it's me reading it. And I throw a couple of my own thoughts in as I'm reading it. So people have seemed to really enjoy that as well. I love that. Well, thank you for taking time to come chat with us. And uh, we'll put everything we talked about in the show notes. There's going to be a lot of stuff because we mentioned a lot of things. So thanks so much. Oh, it was so great. Thank you. Friends, don't forget that Third Love is passionate about the perfect fit and they believe it's time for your bra to fit you, not the other way around. Their collections are designed by women for women so that you will love the way you feel under each and every look. And now guys, they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles. So you are sure to find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit. Get 15% off your first purchase by going to thirdlove.com slash Jamie today. Okay, guys, don't forget anything we mentioned, we're going to put in the show notes. We talked about a lot of things. We talked about her fun Instagram handle where she talks all about books. And I love books and I love hearing people's opinions about books. So go find that. Guys, most of all, I hope that when you listen to this conversation, no matter what stage of life you're in, I hope you just know that you're not alone, that there are other women who are feeling the same things, who are experiencing the same things. And also, guys, listen, there's so much grace that God is giving us every single day for all the things that we're doing. So I hope you hear that as well. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Alex Seeley. Alex and her husband pastor a church in Nashville, Tennessee. And let me tell you, we met for the first time when she sat down in the studio to do this recording, and she brought the heat. The girl was preaching on the microphone. So you're going to love our conversation just about following God and speaking God's truth and walking through hard things. It's a great conversation. Guys, enjoy your week. If you're coming to Happy Hour Live, I will see you this weekend. If not, have a happy hour with a friend. Enjoy your people in your world. And I will be right back with you here next week with my new friend, Alex Seeley.